This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Gar. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, that is freetalklive.com. You call in. We take your calls about what you want. Coming up, Gardner, you've got something uh, about government schools and birth control. We'll Mm -hmm. get to that. But first, we go to the phone calls. Who's this? You're on the amp line, on screen. Hello. Hello, amp line. Going once. Going twice. Oh, too bad. I should have screened it, I guess. Anyway, 800-259-9231. Also coming up, looks like there's going to be a new propaganda show on television. Homeland Security is apparently, <laughs> uh, apparently teaming up with ABC uh, Television. We'll talk about that, too. But, Gardner, let's jump into it if you've got the story yeah, about yeah, the, sure. the birth control. Straight out of Gloucester, Massachusetts, comes the story that uh, broke a few days ago. And all Massachusetts was all a buzz about it, how they had an, uh, an incredibly high number of girls who were getting pregnant in Gloucester High School. Mm. Yes. And, uh, of course... Uh, they said, "Well, the the what that are we going to do about program's this? really working, huh?" Yeah, really working. It's uh, it's doing great. So uh, the latest twist in this tale is getting lots of people involved, and nobody's actually looking at the basic problem. Uh, some people in Massachusetts are speaking out against it, and they're going sort of halfway, and they're not recognizing the inherent real problem of it. The top, no one ever does. Exactly. <laughs> the top state official of Massachusetts yesterday recommended an evidence-based response to the spike in pregnancies at Gloucester High School that would include confidential access to birth control hmm. at the high school clinic. And nothing like a high school clinic. Dr. Lauren Smith, the State Department of Public Health's medical director, offered to help the city combat the rising number of teen pregnancies and said that she held preliminary discussions with representatives of Addison Gilbert Hospital, Hmm. which runs the high school health clinic, about the best way to bring the fourfold spike in pregnancies at the school this year under control. Hey, I got an idea. How about get rid of the school? There's one. A good one. Yeah. Well, anyway, so everybody's all angry about this, and you know, different people are saying they're getting commentary. And, you know, I'll be damned if I let the school prescribe drugs, medicine, and hand it out to my my daughter without her permission. Oh Any yeah, kind of drug. Big yeah. talk. Like yeah. they're gonna do something about it. No, what are they gonna yeah. do about it? You know, people and people they're are too citing, cowardly. They're not gonna pull their kids out. They're not gonna stop paying property they're not taxes. That's exactly it. People are citing this other story from the 1970s about uh, I think it was a Christian Science family. Or it might have been Seventh Day Seventh Day Adventist family that didn't want to allow their children to become inoculated in a particular school somewhere in New England, I think it was vaccinations. Yeah, vaccination. Yeah. And uh, they said, no, no, we're against this. You cannot do it. So the town said, well, uh, you're not going to be able to send your children to this school if they aren't vaccinated because we don't want them, of course, catching something or spreading it to someone. Well, spreading it to someone, if all the other kids are vaccinated, I thought the vaccination worked. Yeah. So uh, it must be for their own children's protection. So why can't the parents make the decision? And mm. furthermore, why aren't any of these we commentators... We Gardner, and they must yeah. be followed. And why why isn't anybody in Massachusetts, in the editorial page, or on any of their talk programs on television, or anything like that, why isn't anybody mentioning when they cite this, they say, and you know, in that case, I mean, sure, you've, you've got to side with the, the, the public health. You've got to go with the majority here. Say, what... How about this? How about giving the parents the option not to have their stinking money taken from them to pay for a system that they then say, I'm sorry, this is against our religion, and yet you're forcing us to have to pay? 
They either go and get inoculated and keep paying, or they don't go and keep paying. It, mm-hmm. Is this sort of a, if the girl wants to go on birth control, she goes sees the yeah. uh, clinic and gets it, and, yeah. and that's it. It's not mandatory, right? No, They're it's not. They're not making it's, girls take birth yeah, control. Yeah, it's not mandatory. It says okay. here. So uh, it's basically a Planned Parenthood in the school. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, What's wrong with the Planned Parenthood down the street? <laughs> Good question. That's an excellent question. You know, and well, it's, oh, it's well, very yeah, amazing. Well, here's here's what's even worse about this situation. Planned Parenthood is is I don't know if they get government money, but I know yeah, for the do. most part they yeah. do get some private funding. Whereas 100 percent of the funding for this government program is going to come from taxpayers mm-hmm. who who may not agree uh, with the you know with the ideas or the or the goals of uh, of this particular program. And so, regardless of how you feel about birth control, I I find I think it's a great idea. I mean, it's preemptive. It's uh, it's a good idea. If kids are going to engage in sexual activity, it makes sense to to get them on birth control. But what doesn't make sense is forcing people who may disagree with the idea of birth control, and they, those people are out there yeah. uh, who may disagree with it, to pay for the birth control of teenagers who they don't probably even know, let alone their own kids. I mean, this is. Yeah, as always with government collective wealth redistribution in the ways that the bureaucrats deem appropriate. And you know what gets me steamed about this? And I don't know about Ian and Julia. I don't know how you feel about this and everybody who's listening, how they feel about it. But what gets these people's ethics, uh, anger, you know, what gets their anger risen is not the ethics of trapping people and forcing them to pay into this system. Whether they like it or not, or their property will be taken. It's the ethics of, well, you're making a decision about my child without my permission. Well, what happens every stinking day in the school? You think you're going to change the curriculum? You think you're going to change what the parents is? You have no say. In a government system. Sure. And they only apply it in this case because yeah. it has to do with sex and that's verboten and you're, you're giving chemicals. Well, yeah, that's pretty darn bad. But how about the virtual chemicals they're feeding into the kids' minds all the what time? What about the curriculum? What about the things they're uh, they're imparting to these uh, youngsters? It's incredible. I don't know how we can uh, express to people the government school system is always going to be open to this type of an ethical problem, whether it's birth control pills and chemicals that are given to kids without the parents' permission or it's socialist economics that's taught to them or bad history or, or bad uh, mathematics or not teaching them proper grammar whatever it darwinism might be. versus creationism exactly. yeah they, yeah well we touched on this i think earlier this week i don't know if it was the show that you were on but the idea of this sort of war of educational viewpoints where whenever you have government that is taking money from people and spending it on you know whatever they deem appropriate there's inevitably going to be different interest groups yeah. that will come in and get involved because they want to see that money directed towards their belief system they want to see that money directed towards their value set and they want to see all of the other kids in this case in the school system forced to be educated yeah. in these ways yeah. and yeah. so you it's a, it's a never ending battle between interest groups various different interest groups i mean the ones that you just named you are always going to be at each other's throats they're never going to come to an agreement i mean the 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 creationists are never going to sit down with the uh, the evolutionists and have a truce they're never going to say you exactly. know what you guys uh we're okay with this evolution thing or the you know the evolutionists are going to say you know we're okay with this creation yeah, thing. it's, it just it's like having a manger in the public square 
prayer and the atheists get all ticked off because their money was taken for it. It's the same thing in yeah. the schools. You're never going to – if you do that, you have to include everything. You've got to go for the lowest common denominator, 30 seconds on Islam, t- you know, 30 seconds on Christianity, 30 seconds on this branch of Christianity. What about this other branch of Christianity? Yeah. What about Hinduism? And How do you learn thing, anything? Yeah, and then – yeah, it's crazy. And then the atheist says um, – Excuse me. <laughs> what, yeah. Well, so, he just gets ignored, though. Yeah, he we just don't gets talk, ignored. We don't talk about that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and, and you know what? What else is, is is very interesting about this, Ian, is uh, some people who are maybe small government libertarians. Um, to me, I, I think they're a little bit. Uh, uh, there's a bit of a contradiction there, but okay. Yeah. Uh, let's say that you're a small government libertarian, and you know they'll say they'll they'll say, well, at least the founding fathers. You know, as, as as touted as they are, and they did have some foibles and things like that. At least they allowed for differentiation, for at least a, a cipher, something similar to competition from town to town. So if they're do, doing something dumb in Gloucester, Massachusetts, although now the state is getting involved, but if they did something dumb, let's say we could isolate it, mm-hmm. then the parents could say, "Ah, oh, I can't get out of here," and they could go. You know, they could right. at least leave. The larger the system, the system becomes, the less chance there is to escape. And unfortunately, it's the mindset of collectivism. They have to make it larger, and they, and they, 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 you know, they, they ice everything over with this sugar coating of well, uh, we have to make it larger because we care about everyone. And how dare you, you know? Sure, they might care. You don't in that like small children. Pocket. Yeah, and and they don't have a real life. They don't believe that the individual can rely on himself and on his personal associations with his neighbors voluntarily. And that manifests itself, I think, into the larger sphere, which is we can't rely on this town to handle their own affairs. We can't rely on this county to handle their own, own their own affairs. This state, this country, it just grows and grows. Toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. The government education system is an abject failure, and it needs to be scrapped, not revamped. More coming up. It's free. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Guard. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Those features include, by the way, the bulletin board system. You can get interactive with over 350,000 posts. You'll find them all for free. Right over there, bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. So the story we started the show out uh, was out of uh, the Massachusetts region, and the issue was birth control in that uh, there's apparently a whole spate of teenage pregnancies. And you might want to just ask yourself, why is it that America has this issue with teenage pregnancies? I know exactly why it is. Why is that? Well, if you actually look at the statistics of pregnancies in civilized countries around the world, every single time the countries that have high pregnancy rates, which America is the highest, are the countries that are... They promote abstinence in school. They won't actually teach about sex education. And a lot of parents are, some, for some reason, very strange about the topic of sex in general. And so nobody wants to talk to their kids about it. And and it's sort of this, this gray area that no one wants to talk about. And at the age of 15, your body is saying, go do this. So you go do it, but you don't know what you're doing. And it has to do with the education system that we have in this country. You know, there's an interesting uh, internal contradiction here. Uh, I, I was at my sister's graduation from Harvard, uh, Harvard Med School, uh, School of Public Health, and they had the woman who heads up, uh, was it Planned Parenthood International speak. 
and the president of her school and I were in this sort of like chat session later, and that woman was there, and uh, and her whole thing was about how uh, Planned Parenthood International needs more money, more money, more money to uh, stop overpopulation and stop uh, unwanted births and things like that. And I said, well, you know, I said, you know, your, your speech was very interesting, but you didn't mention the number one correlative factor that is found among all nations with low births, which is productive capitalist markets. I said, you know, if you want to lower unwanted births, Increase the standard of living. Increase productivity. I don't, you know, I can't go into the details. I don't even know. So poorer countries have more, yeah, more babies. Poorer countries have more babies. They have more babies. And I said, now, why didn't you bring that up? You know, her whole agenda. Now, it's the, but the funny thing is when you get into these, these countries, if they have government school systems and they're doing all these government school systems, the birth control things don't seem to help. The, the abstinence-only things don't seem to help. The minute the kids are in the government school systems and they're put amongst each other, you start getting out of wedlock births mm. in all these very wealthy, well-to-do countries. I can't explain it. I don't. It's just bizarre to me. It's a weird dichotomy that's internally inconsistent. Well, my solution obviously is the same as yours, which is to completely get rid of government schools right. altogether. But even, I mean, the United States is known for having some of the worst government schools out of all the civilized countries, and even the government schools in, in Japan, where they'll actually address these issues and teach girls and and young men about uh sex and sex education uh they have such lower birth control rates i mean girls over there you it's mean very they have easy lower birth rates or yes, yes sorry wow yeah so it's just amazing I mean, it's very easy for young women to get a hold of birth controls in, in these countries whereas in america it's sort of hard and it's not a subject that's easy to talk about mm-hmm. and we have the highest number of pregnancies teen pregnancies in uh, all of the civilized countries around the world. I think it's uh, it's it's a huge problem, and I think a lot of it, it absolutely comes back to a lack of parental addressing the issue. It, I think a lot of parents in this in this country. My mom was terrified. Right. She called it the S word when I was <laughs> 16 years old. I never really had much of a talk with my parents. I mean, they, you know, I remember when I was younger, they explained to me where a baby comes from, you know, (laughs) sort of generically. When a man and a woman really love each other. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. that sort of crap. And it didn't teach me anything. And so inevitably, I did what most teenagers do, is I had to explore the topic on my own with what limited uh, information. I mean, when we were growing up, Gardner, you and I, we didn't really have the Internet uh, I started to get it towards the yeah. end of my high yeah, school right. experience. It was all secondhand information from friends or, right. you know, getting together at a party or something like that. Sure. Or, yeah. or worse, pornography. I mean, a lot of <laughs> kids today uh, are learning what they know about sex from watching it on television, watching yeah. p- uh, porn videos. Yeah. And anyone that's ever had real sex should know, at least real sex with someone they care about, should know that that's not what sex is like. Yeah. It's not real. That's it's fantasy. fantasy. Yeah. It's it's pure, you know, for the most part, male fantasy, though there is female fantasy porn out there. Uh, but either way, it's it's not... It, it's not indicative of a, of a real sexual experience. And so if that's what kids are out there trying to imitate, then they they're not going to be having very healthy yeah. uh, contact. They're not going to be doing things right. I mean, how often do you see birth control used in pornography? Just for just as one example yeah. of all the things oh, that, they, that they do wrong there. So, so I, I feel bad for these parents that are so frightened to talk about sex with their kids because you're setting them up for some serious failure. I mean, at the very least... 
At the very least, they're not going to be well-adjusted when it comes to sexual contact with others. And at the worst, they'll end up getting knocked up at age 15. Yeah. So there's nothing really and positive that can come out of this. You know, you know, you mentioned earlier the, the special interests that get involved in this. And isn't it interesting, Julia, because in, in, in the United States, we have a growing psychi- psychiatric profession, which is getting very, very involved with the federal government's education programs for at-risk, so-called at-risk youth, kids with ADHD, mm-hmm. and, and a growing number of, uh, you might have heard these public service announcements that they have with people where they say uh, one out of you know every 15 or 15 out of 100 kids will be diagnosed with, uh, uh, will be diagnosed with autism this year or something like that, blah, blah, blah. And the key there is diagnosed. They're, some parents are becoming attuned to the ADHD thing, and they're, they don't want their kids given Ritalin in school. Right. So now they're starting to classify kids within the autism spectrum. The psychiatrist gets get tons of money by getting hooked in, and so do the pharmaceutical corporations. Right. They lobby for these these programs on the federal level to grow for these at-risk kids, ADHD stuff, mm. and there's more and more and more drugging. Here in New Hampshire over the 90s, our state became number one for the doling out of Ritalin to kids in anywhere in the United States. Wow, that's, that's scary. disgusting. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, how many kids are that bad off? They give it, it out like candy. Yeah, it's, and, you know, we know that it's speed. It, it Basically, it gets kids all hopped up, and then it, they knock out real fast. Uh, there was a kid when I was in school used to have it. He'd be asleep on the table next to me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, like, I think it's funny that they freaked out so much about that. Kids have energy, exactly. lots of it. And is there anything wrong with it? Yeah. They should stop shortening recesses and let the kids get out and run around for yeah. a little while. Yeah. And you know what? All of these anecdotal things that pop up are all derived from one major problem, which is an inherent distrust or disbelief that one's neighbor can handle his own life, his mm-hmm. own children, and the idea that we all have to come together, forcibly so. We're, we're brought together by this invisible entity called right. government. And make a collective decision exactly. for the future of our neighbors. Exactly. And it, it, it has ruined lives over and over and over and, and over. And if they don't like it, then we'll throw them in a jail cell. Yeah. I mean, and I say we, I'm not involved in this. I'm sorry. I don't mean to use that term. I've got to, uh, I have to make that term vanish from my vocabulary. Well, you're just putting those... yourself in their situation. Yeah, so, and I understand that. But yeah. still, I like to keep away from the collectivist speak. Yeah. 800-259-9231 coming up still. Uh, your calls. We got Mac on the line in Georgia plus ABC Television teaming up with the Department of Homeland Security for propaganda television. We'll explain that to you. Uh, plus, maybe we'll check in with Cuba and see how things have been after uh, the death of Fidel Castro. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. Oh, wait a minute. Julia's mic's not on. I'm sorry. Try again. And Julia? And guard. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. They include... 
the Shrine of Female Listeners. Dozens of ladies who sent us their validated photo to uh, prove that they listen to the show. You can see what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. And that again, shrine.freetalklive.com. Let's go to your phone calls. It's Mac in Georgia on the amp line. Hello, Mac. How's it going, guys? Hey, hey what's on your mind tonight? Um, Repo Man. <laughs> You're not talking the Iggy Pop song or uh, Emilio Estevez? No, 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 no. I'm talking to people who actually go out and repossess your car right. if you don't pay for it. <laughs> the Repo Code, kid. I do have to say, though, it's one of the best movies ever made. It's a fine, fine film. Yeah. So what about Repo Man, Mac? Um, okay. You know, because of the economy, you know, people can't pay their stuff, and you would think that Repo Men are having or making some money <laughs> taking people's stuff back. But um, I came across this, this um article in the Atlanta Journal Constitution about this Repo Man. The uh, this man tried to repossess somebody's truck, and the owner came out and torched the truck, torched um the tow truck. He torched the tow truck. Yeah. So the repo guy's tor- a tow truck was torched as he was trying to get a car back? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty hardcore. But, um, yeah, there was actually the accumulation of um, a few days of incidents because another repo, repo guy tried to, tried, to get the, tried to get the man um, truck. It was a 2000 um, expedition up in um, Atlanta. And the first repo man had, actually had a truck on the, um, on the flatbed of the tow truck. And the owner came out. Somebody got his truck off the um, off the tow truck and threatened them. So, <laughs> so you know he left, and they sent somebody else out. Man, it is it is a brutal job uh, being a repo guy. You never know what you're going to come up against. You never know how crazy uh, the person I think is that you're trying to. Time with times, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, repo men have been dealing with that kind of stuff for a long time. Maybe they're just getting some, maybe it's happening a little bit extra now because people are feeling a little bit more squeezed than they might have been before. But they've always gone up against, I mean, when you're a repo guy, we've had them on the show in the past and they've told us some of their stories. And every repo man has a story where they've been shot at or somebody's yeah, somebody throwing something at them and you know it's 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 a tough job but uh, somebody's got to do it. Mac, oh, thanks I would for the hate call that tonight. confrontation. What do you mean? Just the like knock knock knock. I'm here to take your vehicle, your whatever. Normally it doesn't go like that, I don't they, think. They call first and write letters and stuff. Well, I mean, the, the like, collections company, uh, I don't know a lot about this, so if you can chime in here, 800-259-9231. But, you know, if you're, if you're purchasing a car through a bank and you're behind on your payments, uh, yes, the bank is going to send you notification. They're going to say, well, you're, you know, you're past due and here's your interest and this is what you owe. Please pay by this time. But eventually, if that keeps going and you don't pay, then they're going to send someone to take the car back. And they don't usually call and leave a message because if the repo man calls the the, the target, if you will, and lets them know they're coming by, then they're just going to move the car somewhere. Or they're going to, you know, they're going to take the car away from where it is and try to make it more difficult for the repo man to get his hands on it. So usually, they try to get in surreptitiously. usually what happens is the bank has a copy of the key and they have access to that. And so they give that to the repo guy. And so he's got everything he needs. He doesn't have to go in and hotwire anything or anything like that. <laughs> he just pops it, you know, it's three in the morning or whatever and he rolls up out front hops in and uh, do they leave a courtesy card like on your front step <laughs> i don't know if they or bother you just with wake that. up and your car's gone and you're that's freaking out wondering case. who stole your car that's probably well if you're not making payments on the car you can probably make the you know 
draw the conclusion. I actually knew someone who got their car repossessed, and she thought her car was stolen. Wow. Wow. No message. Yeah. They had called the bank and called and left messages and stuff, and she just ignored them. Sometimes, if they don't have the key, what they'll do is they'll just back the the wrecker up or the the tow truck, and they'll they'll just hook it, and they're out of there. And it's wow. it's it's really usually done in seconds. Yeah. So. And you can see how some people might take shots at them. Do oh, I wouldn't want to do that. No. Either. You know, hopefully it never has to get to the point of uh, actual repossession. And if you've got a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. Their employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients too. SACL CAI, check out their banner at freetalklive.com. They manage to get your money back. And they respect your clients. They don't break anybody's kneecaps. Good guys over at Sakel. Sakel C A I. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So if you're a repo man and you've got a story for us, it's always fun to hear those. Uh, usually they involve putting their lives in danger for real. So it's a it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting lifestyle. Yeah. And it, it was a good movie. Emilio oh, Estevez, uh, Harry Dean Stanton, the mid-1980s and, uh, punk you know rock what? soundtrack. Oh, yeah. It's got Black Flag, Juicy Bananas, Circle Jerks. It's just amazing. It's such a great, great That's got to be one of your favorites. I'm just oh. guessing. Though. Oh, it's like the only Generation X movie that anybody <laughs> needs. Uh, there's a scene. There's one scene is a montage where Harry Dean Stanton is, is teaching Emilio Estevez, his character, who's this punker who basically gets suckered into helping to take one of the cars. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's lost his girlfriend to one of the other punks and stuff at this party so emilio is sort of sitting there and he sort of changes he's had has a little black tie on you know and he goes he's teaching on the repo code and they show him it it's you know it's daytime it's nighttime it's you know a lot of time is passing and it's always these shots on the car it's just this shot on the car and then finally goes come on kid i'll buy you a drink everything's generic in the show i love that about the, awesome. the movie and it came out just around the like same the, time the beer is a white can that with says a blue beer. Label. yeah it. yeah That's and and yeah and food just says food yeah. you know <laughs> and uh so he says come on kid i'll get you a beer so you, you see the close-up of the counter and the beer thing the six-pack goes up beer and uh and he he buys it gives the money to the to the guy here dean stanton walks away and he goes have a nice day night Day, night, what's the difference? And unless you were watching closely, you didn't realize that the montage that was on just before that, it was day, night, day, night, day, night, day, yeah. night. Just ingenious stuff. Plate of shrimp is hanging around. It's just, it's awesome. You know, really it's awesome. probably been since I was a teenager since I've seen that, so I'm probably overdue for uh, for another it's, viewing it's of great. Repo Man. Because, you know, when, as you get older, movies mean different things yeah. because you can interpret them with your yeah. new perspective. So, 800-259-9231. Uh, let's go. Well, since we're talking about media, ABC, according to THR, The Hollywood Reporter, a new ABC unscripted series will take an unprecedented look behind the scenes at American at the government's fight against terrorism. The network has ordered 11 hours of border security USA. I can't even believe that people are still fretting about terrorism. I don't know. I, it's Does anyone really fret about terrorism? I mean, I, I guess, guess there the are some people the government frets about terrorism, but have, I mean, we really haven't had that many terrorist attacks. Oh, yeah. Maybe we can have another arrest where they can let <laughs> everybody go again. Compared to the bombing that goes on in Iraq, I mean, what we have is easy. And I'm not... I mean, I had four family members die in September 11th, so I'm not saying that that wasn't terrible, but, you know, it really doesn't happen that often here. 
Well, shot on location throughout the United States, the series will focus on the efforts of border protection agencies to halt illegal smuggling and immigration. So it's not necessarily about terrorism. It's about the other threats. Well, that drug is terrorism dealers. now, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's that's what they say, It's all kind of right? this giant, awful umbrella. Right. They say that if you smoke a joint, you're supporting terrorism. <laughs> yes, right. yes. The homeland is being threatened. Uh, I don't Ohio. like that word, by the way. Yeah. Homeland? It's well, it has, creepy. Well, it it yeah, rings it like here. fatherland, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it was here. You read something. I don't know who, who wrote it. Uh, I can't remember. It, was, it might have been Reason. It was over at Reason or something about that, how it has these Teutonic... Uh, uh, links and so on. Yeah, it's, That's been all over the. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty obvious yeah. that the similarities. That's new, that word, homeland. So a typical episode might jump from a border patrol in Texas to security screeners at a New York airport to a Coast Guard board, uh, boat off Puerto Rico. Border is billed as the first multi-episode television series to be shot in cooperation with the Department of Homeland Security as well as several other government agencies. That's gross. <laughs> the producer of the program, who also produced the law enforcement series Rescue 911, says we're showing everyday heroes who are risking their lives <laughs> to protect us. Oh, are you? We'll come back and discuss that claim here in moments. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Gar. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you enjoy the show... Then support Free Talk Live by shopping with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. You can buy virtually anything on the site, and we will get a cut. Whether Even if it's used items. So you need to save a few bucks, go used, we'll still get a percentage. If you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com or buy yourself a brand new copy of uh, Gardner Goldsmith's book, Live Free or Die... By you, you and your father, actually. Yeah, you're right on. And uh, that's available. Go, uh, go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, and you can read some reviews by yeah. some of our listeners. Oh, that was great puke. seeing some of those reviews. And I love the bad one. I probably sold more oh, copies. Oh, there's a bad one. Yeah, the bad one's great. People have to check it out. Really? He clearly had never read the book and just said, <laughs> don't buy this book. I hear him on radio. He's oh. crazy. He's ultra right wing. Great. <laughs> Maybe he's awesome. he's clearly hearing you and not listening. Yeah, exactly. Right? Somebody wrote underneath it like, "Hey, so good that you actually read the book, <laughs> Live Free or Die, before you." Uh, well, at least he admitted it. At least he admitted not reading. No, it. he didn't. That was the thing. Oh, really? Yeah, he didn't. Oh, okay. he was like, "Yeah, it was funny. It's really funny." So head on over Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, buy some stuff. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Also, what mischief is the Iron Fist of the state up to lately? And who is the an- Anarchy Boogeyman? And should you be afraid of him? AnarchyInYourHead.com is a webcomic about the philosophy of freedom in its purest form. Check in every Friday for a new strip and find bonus material throughout the week, all at AnarchyInYourHead.com. That's AnarchyInYourHead.com. I have already been uh, this week, and or today was it comes out every Friday, so a uh, good one today. enjoyed the... I saw the one last week. It's funny. He was making fun of how whenever you see a reflective item in uh, like a bubble or something like that, in a cartoon, it always has that little window on it, the reflection of the window. <laughs> so he kind of poked fun at that. And I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone poke fun at the uh, reflective window thing. So that was very original. 
800-259-9231. Okay, you bring up anything. We continue the discussion here. ABC News coming out with a new propaganda show. This is not an original idea. I mean, COPS has been around for two decades yeah. now almost yeah. at this point. So uh, this one's called Border Security USA. ABC's ordered 11 hours of it from executive producer Arnold Shapiro, who by coincidence also is the producer of Big Brother. And according to this, they're going to be hanging out with the Coast Guard and the Border Patrol, and they're going to watch and, I guess, have cameras around when they bust all those evil smugglers and immigrants that just want to come here and do business and make a better life for themselves. That's entertaining. What I was going to say is what grosses me out more than cops, because I already don't like cops, but cops at least... I mean, it's cops. They're everywhere. But this is federal government. This is like yeah. glorifying the Border Patrol That's people. That's true. And, and the Coast Guard and all the federal agencies. It's like that old TV show, The FBI, with Ephraim Zibilis Jr., you know, and um, the FBI in color. And I missed that one. Oh, yeah. it was, And then, then they brought it back for a while. And, yeah, it, it's glorifying not only the state as an abstract, but the mm. federal government, which is not even supposed to be doing this. Oh, and by the way, you know, we had this conversation a little bit earlier about uh things like uh uh when texas entered the union uh their their state constitution which i believe was 1869 i have in my book somebody said well you know uh, that's too late that date is too late uh in in my book I, I i describe all the things that all of the evidence that shows that it is not a federal purview to be handling the border it's just mm-hmm. not and it's incredible to me you know, I was down at this competitive enterprise institute dinner, and I was talking with a guy of the from the Cato Institute of all places, and he was saying, "Oh yeah, clearly is." I'm like, "Dude, you, <laughs> you just don't want to get into it because I'm going to totally eat your lunch, so don't even bother." But I'll tell you, just do some research because he was all fired up. I knew I wasn't going to convince him anyway. And you know, the, why why glorify something that is wrong? It's wrong ethically. It's wrong constitutionally. Because they need an enemy, Gardner. I mean, the state always needs some sort of boogeyman out there to rile people up and get them frightened and get them to to look to their protectors, supposed protectors, for safety. In the you know in the fifties or whatever, it was communism, and now it's immigrants and it's drug dealers and it's terrorists. It's so. amazing how much it works, though, because really, I mean, during the presidential elections, nobody talks about anything else, the drug war, all these issues that are really sure. important. All they care about is, are, what are we going to do about the immigrants? The well, brown people yeah. are coming here. People want to I... feel safe, you know. They want to feel safe, and so this is pandering to that that ideal that, you know, the federal government knows that if they pretend, because that's all this really is, it's, you know, security theater. Yeah. But if they pretend like they're doing something about these perceived problems, then people will, oh, great, okay, you guys are doing a good job. Look, there's the Border Patrol on television. They're arresting people. So that must mean the country is safer now than it's ever been. And it's just pandering to, to a nationalist kind of belief system. And it's always happened like this. And I mean, demonizing been an em- the immigrants enemy. in this way. You know, basically what you've got is it's the, you know, it's the perfect movie setup. Our guys that we're showing are the good guys. They're never going to show them screwing up. No way. Sure. Because they wouldn't That's they're why they're they have an editing with room. the agency. Yeah. Exactly. So it's the, the network is buying into this. I mean, you know, they're always talking about free speech. How about subsidized speech? Yeah, how much of this budget of this show is actually coming from the Department of Homeland Security? Yeah, or you know, I mean, they don't—they're—they're they're not going to have to pay any talent fees or royalties right. or anything like this. So you know, they'll just get some waivers signed no by the writers. guys. 
No yeah. riders. It's very cheap. And what are they doing? These, you know, the government guys know that they're getting this this publicity for nothing. They're never ever going to show something bad. Show these guys sitting around smoking weed out there while they've got nothing to do, which probably happens plenty. I'm sure. Yeah. Show them take a bribe. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. That's show what really. That's what it's really all about. See, that's why I say it's just security theater because. The drugs and the immigrants are still going to get across the border no matter how high the walls are and no matter how many guards you put on the border. Now, to be fair, if you crack down enough and you create enough of a police state, people will stop coming because then they'll decide, well, okay, America's now more fascist and scary than my home country, so I'll just stay where I'm at. Or go to Canada. So so that may actually cut down on immigration. To a certain extent, there has been an effect, just just to interject just real quick, is – Already, shrimpers down in Texas, they can't. The shrimp companies can't find people because really? the, the border cracked down. They're scared. Yeah, and there's there's lettuce uh, out in California, and rotting in the fields, right? rotting in the fields. And that what happens to the price of everything? It decreases the su- the supply, and the demand isn't going down. So what happens? I mean, it's just well, the ridiculous. price will go up. But we've also seen the farmers actually move their farms down to Mexico as a result of that. Absolutely, so you right. can't get the workers here. Move to where they are. And and think about this: Are they going to show on this wonderful ABC show glorifying these guys? Are they going to show anything about the rules about how this is supposed to operate no are they going to show the uh, the meat plants that they've gone into arresting Maybe. hundreds Who of knows? people and are they going to show the churches black and yeah. they may show that they may show that skulls? well people like yeah. seeing footage of uh you know police busting indoors and cracking heads that's why cops is so popular so you they know? may show that footage but they'll spin it as though look at all these despicable criminals, hundreds of criminals that have come here and they haven't asked for permission to come here and make a better life for themselves. That's going to be the mindset of the show is that these people are the enemy. And as the producer, as the producer says here, we're showing everyday heroes who are risking their lives to protect oh, us. Man. But I don't want that protection. And I want immigrants to come here. I want them to, to have the opportunity at a better life for themselves. These are not heroes. These are, are people that uh, I find despicable. I find them violent. And I find them dangerous, and I find them scary, and there's nothing heroic at all about what it and, is they're doing. And you doing. know what? On the economic side, I, oh, Julie, you wanted to say something. Well, I, I was just going to gonna say that it's funny how how much they glorify these people mm-hmm. as heroes. I'm sure some of them sign up because they want to be heroes, but most of them sign up because they want a Benefits. government pension. Yep. Right Can't beat those bennies. Oh yeah. Well, and, and well, I was that's say, what one bureaucrat actually told you, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. On the government side, uh, I mean, on the on the economic side, uh, there's another thing I think needs to be mentioned real quick, which is, you know, uh, these guys who are worried, uh, guys and ladies who are worried that their jobs are going to be taken by the immigrants, and and other people who who look at that and say, ah, yeah, if we only paid more on these jobs, Americans would take these jobs, blah blah blah, right? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, look, um, the idea of getting a foreign product. That's cheaper and letting people buy what they want, uh, allowing the consumer to choose. It's called freedom, first of all. And yeah. second of all, if I can get something that lets me work less to be able to get it, that's good. And if I'm forced to have to buy from an American who either has higher wage rates or has regulations that force the price up of everything he does, but I can get something from a Mexican then I should be able to buy it. Ergo, and likewise, I should be able to hire somebody from that other country if he's less expensive for me to hire. 
And it's what amazing how, how just well, people don't get it. You know, if you look at the island example, right? If you've got two islands and you know the other guys across the way can do something that you're breaking your back to try to do and nobody's good at it over here, why do you want to keep doing that? You could concentrate on something else yeah, and be them. more productive. Hire them. Well, they live in a different landmass, Gardner, and they're different. They're inferior because they were born on a different plot of Earth. <laughs> 800-259-9231. Oh, yeah, and they're brown, too. Oh, that's... Yeah. Hour two is coming up. You can take control. Bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. There's a reason it doesn't sound like the old media. Which of those court justices are going to sit there and err on the side of your Fourth Amendment? That's because it's the new media. Dan Carlin. Common sense. I think fast and I talk fast, and the people that like this program can deal with that. Common sense with Dan Carlin, a free thinking, politically independent view of things from a man who's had way too much caffeine. Get the MP3 or podcast at iTunes or go to dancarlin.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, as we launch into hour number two of the show, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Garth. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. More border discussion here in moments, including some audio from Checkpoint USA, uh, one of his recent passes through a... Uh, a, one of those internal checkpoints we've talked about. We'll uh, tell you more about that here in moments. But first, we go to your phone calls. Carl's on the line in Montreal. You're on Free Talk Live, Carl. Hey, I hear you talking about immigration, so I thought I'd join in on all of this. Um, since I am in an immigration holding center up in uh, Canada, mm-hmm. um, there was also an article that somebody sent me recently out of the Toronto Star um, where Mexico was the number one refugee source country with 7,000 Mexicans coming to Canada, a lot of them leaving the United States. Um, there was 10% acceptance rate, though, and Haiti is number two with over 3,713 uh, refugees, and their acceptance rate is 50%. And even the United States, a lot of Mexicans born in the U.S. to uh, um, illegal parents and uh, other U.S. citizens I've also come to Canada. That's number five on this list, according to the Toronto Star. Colombia is number three. China is number four. Sri Lanka is number six. Okay. Nigeria is number seven. India is number that's, eight. That's it, about far enough. Israel what else? is number nine, and Pakistan is number ten. Okay. And you know, I'm locked up here with uh, refugees from you know all over the world. They come here, and uh, I've been here for over a year now. Wow. I know. Why aren't they letting you out? Well. Uh, they keep coming up with different excuses. Uh, I finally got a website up. Um, I'm going to have some of the material uploaded and maybe some photos of this place. I can have somebody take photos of the outside and post it on my website. I'm going to have that done soon. I don't understand Hopefully. that. You didn't commit assault against anybody. You didn't no. steal anything from anybody. No. You were... I was fed up with the so-called justice system in the U.S. because I was denied justice and they refused to hear evidence. Uh, I got arrested for criticizing, making comments about the Bush family. Like nobody's ever done that before. And I was arrested by the Secret Service, and then they brought up other accusations, which were unrelated accusations by a state court, a domestic uh, dispute between me and this girl that was living with me in Florida at the time. And I left and moved to Virginia, and then the feds ended up getting me for the stuff I said about the Bush family. And then they brought up these other charges with this girl in Florida, which were state charges. 
and they made up a lot of stuff in their in their report, and they refused to correct themselves when I've proven them wrong and have evidence to disprove what they say. I have family who've come forward with affidavits and friends and evidence to disprove the government's story, and they want to stick to their original story. They refuse to correct themselves and refuse so, to admit they've done anything wrong. So, so you ran to Canada as a result yes. looking for asylum, and then they locked you in a detention facility. Yes, and I told mm -hmm. them, you know, I want justice. You don't want to give me justice, then I'm going to go live in another country because, you know, the United States preaches freedom. The government preaches freedom and democracy. They want to talk about spreading it elsewhere. You know, they don't practice it in their own country. They don't seem very interested in my freedom. They don't seem very interested in the truth. No, nah, they're they just interested, interested in money. In, they just so want to extract as much money as possible from as many people as possible and as long as possible. Anyway, and Carl, web, good luck with your situation. FreeCarl.com. Hey, so. that's easy. FreeCarl.com. Very good, sir. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. We continue here with Nick in Illinois on the amp line. Hello, Nick. Hey, guys. Hey, what's hey, on your mind tonight? Uh, tonight, I just uh, wanted to express my disappointment in any organization that would label itself libertarian voting uh, or electing someone like a Robert Barr, mm, as yes. the Libertarian Party did. I would agree. But more importantly, I think it kind of speaks to the entire political process itself. Uh, because when you think of it, what is politics but compromise? Yep. The Libertarian Party is just one, uh, it's become one giant compromise. Mm. But it, it seems to be that way with any political activism and right which is why it's it's it would be pointless to go for all of those activists that are so upset about the uh, the fall of the demise of the libertarian party why it would be pointless for them to a continue trying to resurrect it because as we pointed out last night the fact that Bob Barr is now the nominee is just going to draw more unprincipled people into the Libertarian Party, making it more difficult to possibly retake the reins of control over the party. So, And then B, it's also pointless to go and start your own political party because you know the same damn thing's going to happen. As soon as you become big enough to be somewhat influential on the results of an election, that's when people will start coming in and infil, you know, in, essentially infiltrating your organization and throwing monkey wrenches into the gears and making it so nothing gets done. And so that's why I agree 100% that politics is such a waste of effort. If you want to get involved in politics, do it on the local level here in New Hampshire, where we really actually have seen some level of political success. But the national level, is it's just such a waste of time and money. And, you know, from New Hampshire to oh. Illinois, we're probably seeing the same thing. You see it on the national level. Uh, just to give you a, a quick little something, I, and this, this I think shows you the, the mechanistic problem that you encounter that I think we're all recognizing is – even if there aren't people who are intentionally, maliciously going out to do something, the nature of the political party process is such that it will become corrupted away from the original uh, ideals. And when I was in Washington at this dinner, there were some people there. I just got back yesterday morning, and there were some people there who are very, very close to uh, the bar campaign and some other folks who were chatting with them who are very close to the Republican establishment. And uh, these are more conservative people, and they were saying, and this is, I swear Rubbing to God, shoulders. yeah, these people are saying, look, the best thing for the Republican Party is to have Barack Obama get elected, and uh, because that'll that'll knock down these moderates, and we'll have to go back to the conservatism. And so, I think you know, I'm not going to ascribe any any malicious motivation to try to hurt the Libertarian Party by bringing in Bob Barr. 
there are people who are just trying to do anything they can within Republican circles to show how frustrated they are. And Bob Barr had already been inclined to go with the Libertarians. I don't think it was a long-term plan. I don't know. Maybe it was to try to run for president and use that party. But these people will be satisfied if Barr can siphon off 5 or 6 or 7%. And that hurts John McCain because that will show the protest to the Republicans that a lot of so-called conservatives or small government uh, Republicans uh, don't want to have anything to do with them, and they're going to have to wake up. That's so the part LPs, of what's happening. They've turned the Libertarian Party into a tool. It's basically. like they're, yeah, they're, they're like using it like the Reform wife, Party. That kind of. It, well, yeah, yeah. Well, any. I mean, if 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 it was everything off. From yeah, the if Republican Ron, Party and but that's not what Libertarianism is, and that's nope, not what no. organization that calls itself Libertarian should be. Uh, and if it were back in before when it was an educational tool, I, that would be fine because. Educational tool is kind of a form of market activism, and it's it's much harder to uh, corrupt a market-based activity than it is a political activity. Sure, so, because so, it's decentralized. Yeah, exactly, and that's that was what one reason why the Ron Paul uh, experiment worked to the extent that it did. Yeah, uh, not that I think that it worked perfectly, but because it was mostly educational, and it right. wasn't mostly set up for him to actually win when yeah. when you actually go to win and use violence what's going to happen is violence is going to be used against you well i agree with you that's why i sent uh, ron paul money and i'm not going to send bob Barr a flipping dime i sent ron paul oh, money yeah. even though he wasn't a 100 percent libertarian he was maybe a 98 97 percent libertarian yeah, yeah. the I, immigration issue was the one that really yeah. really got it's I, I unfortunate send him money because yeah. i come from immigrants right i couldn't send him money for that it's it's I, unfortunate I just, that he pandered on that issue but if you actually went back to his 1998 statements he was a pure libertarian back then yeah. and i doubt he has has changed his actual viewpoint but was simply pandering for uh, for support I, I, I think that's what it was i think he was pandering to the nationalism yeah sure the well, so, I mean, so I sent him that, that money, was... though, but because of he, because he was being so successful in getting the word out about liberty, and you know, again, most of his message was pro liberty. Whereas this Bar character, he's not even close. I mean, he's yeah, just a joke. Especially on the war issue and the drug drug issue. war, I mean, sure. That, that's what really got people into libertarianism, and that worked. That, well, some that people had, that served its purpose, but now it's time to go into something else. Are you go leaving the party? Are you quitting, Nick? Oh, uh, yeah, I definitely. I Good am already you. done. Go yep. on. Me too. It's it's over. It's done with. The future of liberty is here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. It's where all the best of the best activists are going to end up. It's where they, many of them already are. And thank you for the call tonight, sir. We appreciate hearing yep. from you. 800-259-9231. You can take control. There's so much to do here from politics all the way to all kinds of different market activism. It's really fun. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Gart. 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just go and download them right there from the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. And if 18 hours of programming per week isn't enough, actually, I guess... After all, the commercials and the news breaks are out. It's probably only 12 hours. Okay, Internet listeners get 12 hours. Radio listeners get 18. Anyway, if 12 hours of content isn't enough, you should go and download Gardner's show. He hosts his own radio show five days a week, and it's called Against the Grain, and it's available on his website at libertyconspiracy.com. 
com. Thank you, so my even, friend. Even more content for your uh, libertarian you know, audio Ian, I needs. think you give me more promotion. You uh, mention my things more than I get to mention them on my own show. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. I like the book and things I haven't even mentioned. Uh, it's just It's been a crazy week. It's an insane week. So thank you very much. Not a problem, sir. 800-259-9231. We check back with the Border Patrol here in moments. But first, Matt in Pennsylvania is on the line. Hello, Matt. Hey, Ian. How's it going? Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, I want to talk about, uh, I'm wondering if you or Julia or Gard have ever read the book The Outsiders by Colin Wilson? Not I. No. Nope. Oh, I've read okay. that other Outsiders yeah, book. S.E. Hinton. Yeah. Oh, by S.E. Hilton. Yeah. yeah, the teen book. Yeah. Well, it's a book about outsiders in literature and philosophy and stuff. And this quote, it's a real short quote I'm going to read. It's about the common mob. And it kind of describes what's wrong with the Libertarian Party. Now. Okay. Okay? It goes, then, as the outsider's insight becomes deeper so that he no longer sees man as a million, million individuals, but instead sees the world will that drives them all in dance like a formicary. He knows that they will never escape their stupidity and delusions, and that no amount of logic and knowledge can make men any more than an insect. And what that means is, like, uh, in terms of what you guys are doing with the Free State Project, you don't want to... You don't want to broaden the tent too much because 90% of humanity is just a herd. Mm. You know, as much as I love individualist anarchist thought and Spooner and Tucker and all, but there's just not that many of us out there. If you try to reach into the herd, you'll become the herd. You won't be able to affect them. Wow, that's a brilliant mm-hmm. point. You know, and it's interesting because it sort of ties in with, I don't know, if as you grew up, you guys, if... You're educated with, you know, Plato talking about the philosopher kings and, you know, you get to that who watches the watchers thing. At the same time that I started to recognize that, you know, I used to think that everybody was, you know, really bright and they all had great potential. I think everybody does have great potential on various in various ways and, and people surprise people. Where they, they have these foibles. They have the problem of, yes, they like to be creative, they like to be competitive, but they're also sometimes easily led. Sometimes they're lazy. Lazy, and, sure. Yeah, and they don't question things. And and what strikes me is the one thing that I always keep in mind is I, I recognize that not everybody is going to be the sharpest bulb out there now. I Okay, fine. But that doesn't mean that they should be led by someone because you don't know – if you don't think everybody is necessarily the brightest bulb out there, then how can you decide which one is going to lead? How can, you know, so just leave everybody to themselves and allow them to to run their own lives because you're going to set up a mechanism whereby you're going to get not only dumb people but corrupt people running the show in government. So don't do it. Very true. And uh, I like about the Free State Project is that you're looking for 2,000 people, not 20,000 or 2 million. And, um, well, the Free State Project officially, just to correct you, I'm you get, Colin, before you go on, just to, to correct you, the Free sure. State Project is officially looking for 20,000. Oh, but well, I would say that 2,000 people would be oh. phenomenal. In fact, uh, when Jason Sorens, the, uh, the founder of the Free State Project, was originally doing his research, when he came up with the 20,000 number, he kind of figured, well, okay, 20,000 activists means to, it meant to him like people that would do something occasionally. You know, they'd, they'd go and maybe get involved in a, a thing or two. But what ends up, what ended up happening was that this is such a selective kind of sifting process. The idea that, you know, come here, join the Free State Project and move across the country for many people in order to get here. 
that really shuts out a lot of the talkers and a lot of the you know the, the people that are going to just half-ass something. Really, what That's we're seeing good. is and, um, what we're seeing is that the activists that are coming here are super activists. So, two thousand super activists is more than enough to do what is intended to do. Twenty thousand would just be icing on the cake. Go ahead with your point. Um, that's basically it. I just want to recommend the book. It, um, if you if you replace the word outsider with individualist anarchist, it really describes, um, I think, how most individualist anarchists or uh, uh, free marketeers would think, because it's definitely a philosophy that can't go nationwide, in my opinion, or worldwide. I think it's not this stage. Yeah, I don't. Um, yeah, I don't know about that. I'm not going to say it can't do that. But what I think that I, what I think you're onto here, and I think it's a great point, the idea that if you, uh, you know, if you, the more you water it down, the more you attract the masses, the more you water yourself down, and therefore you can't really get what you want done. And I think, it, again, the political system is flawed as well because it says that in order to have change, you have to convince a yes. certain percentage of people to want that same change. And then they, you, know, you go through this little system and you supposedly get what you're looking for. But I think what we'll see is more effective is that because what you said is true, that only a small percentage of individuals are the real leading edge thinkers, are the, the people that are leading the way toward whatever the – whatever path it is that we're on, we're on the path toward liberty. We shouldn't be waiting for everyone else to continue down that path. We should not be standing around waiting for, you know, 10% of Americans to come to agree with us when we can have significant change with 1%. Uh, to some extent, it's worth it to wait for a little bit in that if you're all alone by yourself, then you're going to be easily taken out. But what we've seen here in New Hampshire is that even with 15 or 10 activists, we've had tremendous success the state has left us alone. They have ignored us. They have, you know, essentially kicked us out of their courtrooms and not uh, not punished us. So, but but waiting for longer than just a handful of other activists is wasting your time and allowing the state to grow and and metastasize even more uh, than it already is. So I think that what we should do is have as much market-based activism as possible, as much non-cooperative, non-violent activism as possible, and that will throw it such a wrench into the the state's uh, organs they won't be able to do anything about it. I mean, there's a there's a very I think. There's a very low point of saturation here as far as activism is concerned, that if we have enough activists being real market-based activists, not playing around within the system, the system itself will grind to a halt because it's just not built to deal with non-cooperation. It didn't work for uh, the Indian government against Gandhi, and it's, it's not going to work for this government against our people. Amen, amen. And if uh, you try to change the herd, the herd's probably going to change you. Hey, and by the way, you know, uh, before you go, I I just want to mention, you know, you're talking about Spooner and Tucker and things like that. Uh, Just a real plug out to F. Paul Wilson. He has a book called Midnight Mass. Uh, I don't know if you've ever read it, but... I haven't read that one. He's a great uh, science fiction writer, and I heard the interview on... uh, Free talk live you guys have with him some months before, awesome. and it was uh, enlightening. To oh, least. he is one of the best guys out there. He's nice a guy really, too. really nice guy. Yeah, and uh, uh, I'm going to be seeing him at this thing called Nikon, the uh, Northeast uh, Writers Convention. But one of the neat things is that uh, Paul Inside Midnight Mass actually has a character who's a lesbian anarchist atheist. Oh, and they, like my dream woman. Yeah, he, <laughs> I wrote to him and I said, wow, I can't believe it. I'm reading Midnight Mass and you've got Spooner in there. And he writes back, he goes, you know, I think you're the only person who ever told me you recognize that. Way to go, guard. I'm like, thanks, Paul. Way to go. So check it out. It's a fun book. 
Well, thank you guys Matt, very much. Yeah, thank you for the call. Time. And thank you for the insight, sir. 800-259-9231. That's why I encourage people, now is the time for liberty. Now is the time to make that move and get active and do something. The longer you wait, the bigger the state becomes. More coming up. Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number and bring up whatever you want via the, again, toll-free number 800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Gar. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us, including the wiki, over 1,500 pages, actually, I think over 1,700 pages now. Created by listeners like you, you can go and edit the wiki to your heart's content. Change virtually anything you see over at wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. And join us all at the SACL CAI Fun Tent at Porkfest. You can get your limited supply Porkfest beer mug and drink uh, responsibly with Jason Osborne from SACL CAI. Featuring select microbrews from New Hampshire, margaritas, guest celebrity bartenders, including myself, Julia, and Gardner Goldsmith. Prize drawings and more. It's going to be a blast. And it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jason can throw Way to a go, party. Jason. So looking forward to uh, the Sickle CAI Fun Tent at this year's Porkfest. If you aren't going to be there, you're going to miss out on all the fun, but maybe you can make it next uh, year. I don't yeah. think I'll be anywhere else. Than the Fun Tent? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I would go to anything else except for the Fun Tent. I think we're going to go climb tent. the mountain or something no, like yeah. that at, at some point. But yeah. Oh, man, it's such a beautiful place there. And that, that particular location is such a great setup because people can really you know separate like and there's plenty of room and... It's yep. awesome. It's very private, and yet you can con- congregate and hang out with people. And it's not too far. It's not too far from the state capitol, Concord. It's, it's very, yeah. very close. So I hope people will stop by. It's going to be a blast. You can go to porkfest.com yeah. to learn more about that. It's not too late to get involved, not too late to uh, snag yourself a camp spot, I, I believe. Yeah. So. Yeah. 800-259-9231. Uh, also, Brian in Colorado should be in New Hampshire in time for Porcupine Freedom Festival. Brian, you're on the line with us on the amp line. Hello. That's where I'm heading right now. You are in somewhere in uh, Iowa. On the, the road. Capital of the country. En I'm route. On the road in my truck. Yes, en route. And I am way, way, way overweight. <clears throat> I've been, I've been uh, blowing past the uh, scales, hoping nobody will notice. But really? I'm probably five thousand pounds overweight. I, wow. I'm a lot of tire today because uh, we have a little too much stress on those tires. My goodness, take but, it easy. Uh, Good but, thing most of those things are never open. Well, it was, the the oh, it was the weekend. It was weekend when we went up. That's oh, yeah. I still yeah. hardly ever see them open. I see tons of closed ones everywhere I go. Hmm. Yeah, there was. I think I've been past three of them, and two of them were closed. But one of them I just kind of hid behind another truck, you know, and kind of snuck on by. But yeah, you know, I, I, I still don't think that I am supposed to be that I'm supposed to even pull in there because I'm not a commercial. Doesn't guy. matter anymore. Higher here. When oh, we don't, don't tell me that. <laughs> we looked it up actually when we moved, and it since nine uh, eleven. Yes, since nine eleven, like even moving trucks have to go in there now. 
Crazy. But you could pretend like you don't know that. Sure, sure. Oh, th- thanks a lot. Moment. Now I can't lie convincingly. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, Brian, we were talking a few moments ago about the um, how how I feel it's imperative that people get active sooner rather than later, and that we can't afford to stand around and wait for the masses to get it about liberty. We just have to press on and and continue being on the leading edge of uh, of thought here. And I wanted to find out how you felt. Why was it that you were so motivated to move to New Hampshire sooner rather than later? Because the Free State Project doesn't officially reach its uh, completion until 20,000 people sign up. At this point, there's over 8,000 people on board, so it's not even 50% of the way done. Why did you choose to be an early mover? Yeah, forget the 20,000. I mean, I, uh, I I was moved by oh, about 10 or 15 years ago, and I read Atlas Shrugged, mm-hmm. and I really wanted to uh, move to Gulf Gulch. And I heard about the Free State Project from you guys from this show, I said, we're going. And, uh, yeah, you, you have to go early because we're already seeing the uh, uh, the socialists uh, from Massachusetts who took over in the midterm elections. They've already done some nasty things. we got to get out there and fix it. Well, and I also think that's but, why – sorry, sorry. It, the, 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 it was the smoking ban that got me. I mean, it was yeah. – uh, that was at the Liberty Festival last year, the first time I'd been to New Hampshire – uh, in the hotel, and under comes the paper first thing in the morning on the first day of the uh, the Freedom Festival, and uh, uh, a New Hampshire smoking ban passes. Oof. I said, oh, man, we got a lot of work to do. <laughs> you know, and it was funny because a couple of years ago I was writing a piece on Massachusetts smoking ban and how uh, some towns were, uh, the towns that had passed the smoking bans were lobbying for the state to do it because they said it just wasn't fair that other towns didn't have smoking bans in their towns and they could be more competitive and offer more options to people. Like, do you listen to the absurdity of what you're saying? Because you guys were idiots and you blew you know, holes in your own brain, you want to make sure everybody else has guns put to their head. Equal tyranny for all. Yeah, Governor. yeah. and in well, New I, Hampshire. I, I remember... I remember that just before the smoking ban. In fact, we talked about it at that conference. Uh, God, I think you mentioned it in your in your keynote speech. Yeah. That uh, already the largest restaurant chain in New Hampshire has had decided on their own to to uh, to go smoke free. Oh, absolutely. And and it's a good thing that you're coming. You know, it, as Ian has mentioned it. We need the forces. We need the power to be able to not only. Uh, engage in these uh, civil acts of civil disobedience and stirring things up to show people how absurd these rules are. And one of the best people at it right now is Dave Ridley, who's doing a great, oh, yeah. great job. Uh, check out Ridley Report uh, at uh, RidleyReport.com. At, at RidleyReport.com, yeah. Uh, but in addition to that, my friend, one of the other things that fascinates me is that uh, there are the people who are engaging in the political sphere. And, and it's really hard for them right now because of all the Democrats who've been elected we're going to have to have, I think, a three- or four-pronged approach. One is ha- let these people continue to engage in the political sphere. It's going to be hard for quite a while. Have the nonviolent protesters out there doing their thing. Uh, if you know, if they don't work together simultaneously, that's okay. They'll have commonalities on many issues. And we've got to propagandize in a very wide-ranging way in the media. We have Absolutely. to continue to do it. I have my show. It's uh, two hours a day, and that's cool. But there, we're going to have to do some other things. People are going to have to buy time on TV uh, start up, you know, nonprofit organizations or whatever to just get this word out, and eventually people will be on our side. More Absolutely, and more. Brian. Any other thoughts? Yeah, I, I plan to at some point uh, go for for Concord, but right now I think my biggest bang is, uh, like I mentioned last week, to be a selectman because that's where 
you know, my, my rent is, uh, you know, my, my rent for my own house is 500 bucks a month. And, you know, I just found out that the, the selectmen approved a $100,000 a year payment to the local private uh, soccer oh. uh, uh, company. Uh, there's there's 4,000 people in this little town. Wow. And, and they give 100000 because, you know, soccer is good for kids, and this company was losing money. That's no, amazing. No, that's no, yeah. Hey, let me, let me tell you, on the micro the level, the on the micro level, you're going to experience what we're experiencing on the state level and the medium level, uh, which is that when you get into the town, in order to convince people, you're going to have to probably spend money advertising, uh, try to make networks within the town, and it, it is difficult. Depends on the size of the town, but it is difficult. You're going to have to make a, a real public effort, public outcry, in educating people. They just are so indoctrinated with this groupthink thing. It's very frustrating. It is very frustrating, well, and that's true. But one of the great things I think about doing it on the local level is how much more, how much easier it is to get people to pay attention to you, like media attention specifically. I got so much media attention when I ran for city council here. I would never have gotten that, I don't think, on the, on the state level as much. Probably not. And uh, one of the, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to ask you a question, Brian. Since you're thinking about being a, a selectman as a principled liberty lover, um, you will, if you win the election, they will ask you to uh, to state an oath. And in that oath, it actually says that you swear allegiance to the United States. <laughs> so I'm wondering how you're going to handle that. Great question. You know, there, there's that, and there's also standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. Mm. Um, I, I, uh, if, if I'm already elected, do I have to say the oath? Yeah, I wouldn't do it. I was going to write, see if I could write my own oath. Yeah, I would, I would swear yeah, an oath to, to liberty. To liberty. Yeah. And individualism. Absolutely. Good call, Brian. Thank you. Good luck in your trip. Stay safe. We'll see you in New Hampshire, sir. See you, Brian. Thank you, sir. 800-259-9231. Oh, I should mention Mark's not here tonight, in case you haven't figured it out. Oh, yeah. Uh, He left. He's gone to Florida, never to return. Oh, no, he'll be back. (laughs) But it'll be a little while. He's going down for over a week, and then he's coming back. I'm going to meet him in New York City. We're going to the Talkers New Media Seminar together nice. next week. And so next Friday, a week from today, Gardner, you're going to be back in the studio yes, leading sir. the show. Julie is going to be here co-hosting with you. So it'll be like last year where the two of you that were together fun. for a couple yeah, days. It was fun. Time. That was really, so we're really gonna cool. Do, it worked once. We're going to do it again. Absolutely. And uh, This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Gar. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there are free, so enjoy those on us. They include the updates and the live streams in the Shrine, and we give it all away if you go to freetalklive.com. If you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can become an amplifier. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to get on board for as little as 3 bucks a month. It's money that comes in and gets reinvested into the show to get us on more radio stations across the country, thereby spreading the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. Plus, we bring Internet listeners on board as well. And so, uh, and it you know it also goes to uh, sending us to conventions. I mentioned the Talkers New Media Seminar. I'll be going to. I'm actually going to be for the first time ever on one of the panels. All right, uh, which is pretty exciting. That Michael Harrison, cool. the publisher of the magazine, invited me to be on the internet uh, panel. So as I'm apparently I'm one of the innovators in the the world of internet, which is so funny because. 
I don't really consider myself much of a much of an innovator. I don't really consider the Free Talk Live website to be particularly good. It's functional. You know, you can get around on it and you can see where everything is, but it's not like one of the snazzy Google kind of websites. It's not like we dumped a whole bunch of money into it or anything like that. But but the Free Talk Live website in comparison to many radio station websites yeah. is far, far better. Yeah. So, I mean, the little bit of effort that we put into doing our web presence is uh, – to many of these radio guys, amazing and astounding, and they want to learn more. So I guess I'll be speaking on a panel. So Way that's going to be go. Cool. And so it's it's amplifiers that have made this possible because if it weren't for the amplifiers, we would not be able to afford to go to these conferences. We wouldn't be able to rub shoulders with the bigwigs, and they wouldn't see us. They wouldn't know that we're serious, and we wouldn't be on 40 radio stations like we are now. That's the official. That's the official count. You won't see all 40 of them on our affiliates page, but we've got signed agreements from a handful of uh, of stations that they just haven't come on yet, so we haven't added them to the list. So yeah. pretty nice. cool. Congratulations. Yeah, and it's all thanks to the amplifier. So get on board for 3 bucks a month at amp.freetalklive.com and get perks like the ac- uh, access to the amp-only call-in lines. They're toll-free, by the way, as well as amp-only chat room, forum, and more, all at amp.freetalklive.com. We go to your calls. Eric in Ohio, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Eric. Yes, hello. Hey, what's on your mind? Yeah, I was wondering what should one do to have, I guess, liberty in the area they're in to start, I guess. Well, I think that all you can really do is find, you know, your personal freedom first. Before you can go about helping other people discover liberty, you really need to be as free in your mind as possible. And if you've reached that point, if you've done enough personal education and enlightenment of absorbing materials like Free Talk Live or Gardner's Show Against the Grain or great books like Mary Roart's Healing Our World or Harry Brown's Why Government Doesn't Work. If, you, if you've absorbed all of this information and you've, you've essentially set yourself free of the, the shackles of the past, then you're in a position to begin influencing others. And as far as being free... You're as free as you choose to be. You can go and drive without a license. You can go and, you know, engage in black market or underground activity. All of these things are things that can be done. The question is, is it worth it? You know, is the risk, whatever risk is uh, associated with that, worthwhile where you are considering the surrounding factors of your environment, considering how many other people are like-minded in your area? Are they willing to come in and and back you up if you get in trouble? Uh, These are things that you need to consider. Otherwise, you may want to be somebody who's just simply you know, working under the radar, who's just a communicator, who's just introducing people to the ideas of liberty. So it's really all about your personal choices and how far you're willing to go. Okay. And then and then after that one can consider to move, I guess, to New Hampshire or Well you if you if you felt inclined to move, you could still you could still move up now. You'd have people with whom you could chat, get suggestions and things like that. It depends on you know whether you feel comfortable in doing that. We're very welcoming up here. Everybody is. Oh, they're is, so great people. Yeah, and there here. are lots of different levels of of interest in the ideological movement versus the practical day to day liberty lovers and things like that. Uh, and you know you can have great conversations about like people like Spooner, like we were discussing, or a guy like F. Paul Wilson, a novelist, or movies or whatever. Uh, or you can just, you know, talk about uh, your favorite firearms. Now, you like to go out to the range. A lot of different kinds of and people And that's just the here. socializing you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, absolutely. And as far as the yeah. activism is concerned, you can go and choose from a whole palette of different things yeah. uh, that, are, that are your options. But as far as getting active where you are, as someone who used to live in Florida, spent 26 years of my life there, 
uh, as an adult down in Florida, getting involved in the liberty activism down there, it wasn't very rewarding. I mean, I, I, I'm a positive guy, so I, I enjoyed and I got positive things out of what, what happened, but the results weren't very tangible as far as I reached out to hundreds, if not thousands of people at various different outreach opportunities at the county fair and Pride Fest and gun shows. And it was great to see people introduced to the message of liberty and see them agree with it. But nothing ever, nothing else ever happened beyond that. You'd, you know, you'd give them a world's smallest political quiz. They'd score libertarian. You'd give them something to uh, – or sell them something to take home with them and learn more. Maybe, if you're lucky, get some contact information from them. But nobody wants to go to a libertarian party meeting, which is what the, the only organization I thought I could be involved with back then because meetings are boring as sin. Oh, yeah. And uh, you know, politics is even more boring. So there's – Unless you've got something for people to plug into in a way that they can really be engaged in, you're not going to have any real significant growth. You're not going to have a, a movement. It's just going to be you and maybe a few friends that are you know, battling against the state with virtually no one to back you up. And that could be a very disappointing kind of a situation to be in. It can be very disheartening. It's going to probably result in political burnout. So... You know, I don't I don't want to I don't want to tell people to not get active where they are. I don't want to say it's totally hopeless, but I have to say that there's a huge difference between what things were like where I came from and what they're like now that I am surrounded by as many liberty activists as I want to be around. I mean, there's just so much to do here. You really have to yeah. be picky about what you want to do. I find like the success matters if the person is like, you know, African American or gay or, you know, whatever. I'm sorry, what was your question? Do you think that the success matters if the person is African American or gay or you know? What do you mean by the the success? I, I think what he's trying to say is is that um, minority groups are are they easier to to convince or are they harder? Is that what you're asking? No, like if the person is you know moving to New Hampshire, you know, and if they're like, oh, this is you know, because some people say, oh, you got two strikes against you, you're black, you're gay, that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, I've heard you know. People have, I've heard people say things like this, you know. Wait, who has said that? Wait, you've you've told them you're thinking about moving to New Hampshire, and they've said, "Well, that's not a good idea because you're black and gay." No, no, not not in that respect, but just simply, you know, uh, on the in the general scheme of things, you know, um, success in uh, in things of. Um, you mean the regular like workaday world? You mean as far as Hampshire? reaching? You mean as far as reaching yeah. out to people where you oh. are? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. As far as New Hampshire goes, I don't think, and particularly in New Hampshire, um, you know, I grew up in New Hampshire, and I never felt any racial uh, schisms between the white kids and the black kids in my schools. But uh, you know, we lived in a little small bedroom community, and it was in New Hampshire. It seems like it doesn't really have too many racial problems. But I'm not black, so I can't tell you. Uh, maybe if I were to speak to some of my friends, they could tell you. Oh yeah, New Hampshire is a cesspool of racial hatred. As far as uh, homosexuality goes, we have an op- openly gay state representative who is uh, one of the best guys out there, especially on fiscal matters. Uh, the debate you know, here in New Hampshire, we just brought in the uh, civil civil unions uh, agreement for for a law. Uh, I would rather see the state get get out of it entirely, but the population, uh, the, the representatives, uh, I should say, uh, the majority of them voted to allow for civil unions. So um, it seems like it's a friendlier environment for homosexuals, and it doesn't. I think it would be a wash uh, here versus someplace in the South. 
uh, where if you are a minority member, there might be a lot of uh, latent animosity or something like that. In New Hampshire, we're pretty immune to that stuff, I was, find. Was your question, Eric, about specifically reaching out in New Hampshire or reaching out there in Ohio? Uh, reaching out in Ohio and then possibly, oh. I guess, uh, maybe deciding to move to New Hampshire. So you're concerned with the fact, I mean, I'm presuming you're suggesting you're black and gay. You're concerned that that is going to inhibit people's reception of the ideas? Uh, just in general, just to, you know, uh, some people may think, oh, all these ideals, all these thoughts, they sound kind of like too far out there, you know. Well, you know, you you can't make everybody happy and not everybody's ever going to jump on board with this. I mean, if we can just find a, a few percentage points of, of people to agree with us, we'll, we'll have success. And I think we are having that success. So obviously, if you're out there doing outreach, uh, people are going to discriminate against you because of how they perceive you. And there are just jerks out there, you know, and we don't want those people. So if you if you feel as though uh, you're coming up against that kind of a person, move on and find somebody else who's more receptive to your message. I feel like people that are recept or people that are not receptive to the message really don't care who they're hearing it from whether they're black or gay or white yeah. or whatever yeah. they think you're crazy no matter what you look like yep and if so once you figure out that you've spun your wheels enough down in ohio come on up here to new hampshire where the real activism is sir thank you for the call tonight good luck 800-259-9231 these are tough decisions people need to consider them seriously uh but i think it'll get easier and easier as we continue reporting success after success so just you got to be here. We're coming up. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into Hour 3 of the program. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That was, or that is, the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Guard. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We'll start this hour out with a little bit of audio. Uh, this is from Checkpoint USA, great blog uh, done by a gentleman who is down in the, the New Mexico region. He travels about, I guess, on a daily basis down there and frequently encounters these internal checkpoints, which we've described to you in the past on this program, in case you're new to the, new to the show. Uh, you need to know what's going on in this country. If you don't live by the northern or southern borders, then you may be completely unaware of what's happening. The Border Patrol is uh, has been for a while at this point and is setting up checkpoints, roadblocks, inside the country. They can appear as far as 50 miles north of the southern border and also 50 miles south of the northern border, maybe even further now. I don't know. Perhaps they've reached, uh, reached out even further. But sometimes they come in the form of a permanent multi-million dollar installation you know with the the arms that go up and down and all that and sometimes they come in the form of just a temporary installation with trucks on the side of the road and cones and stop signs and uh, officious bureaucrats in their uniforms directing traffic and making demands so if you don't know this stuff's going on you need to be aware that it is going on that it's more evidence that we are in a police state the idea that you could be traveling around in the so-called land of the free I mean it's 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 onerous enough on the border but to actually do it inside the country is pretty outrageous 
and you're looking confused, Gardner. Were you not I'm aware just, of this? this? I was not aware of this. This is really unsettling, um, and I don't see any end to this. I don't think Americans get what is happening to their country. Well, right. If it has to do with immigrants, then they totally discard what it, what the actual issue is. Oh, it's don't it's just for the brown people. Don't worry Besides, about it. Besides, now the Al Stewart on the border song, they're going to have to change it to 50 miles away from the border. 50 I mean, yeah. what are you going to do? That's well, awful. I can't have that. And it's true, Gardner, what you said that it's not going to stop. This is yet another step on the road to tyranny in this country. We have seen evidence uh, for instance, the TSA has actually already come out of the airports. There was a story about a year ago in, in uh, Indianapolis where TSA agents were checking people at bus stops, at city bus stops. And so, you know, the, this is what I predicted a while back was that you were going to see the security state essentially expand out from the airports. They What they're doing is they're seeing the airports kind of like they're testing grounds. They have a captive audience. You know, people need to go from point A to point B, and if they don't obey the TSA, they're not going to get there. So they're seeing how restrictive they can be, how police statey they can be to people, and how how uh, quickly they can crank up the, the totalitarianism and still and have people it's obey. It's working pretty well for oh, them if great. we can't bring a tube of toothpaste on the right. uh, planes anymore. Water. So, yeah. so uh, Or so, chocolate milk. So so yeah. basically, uh, so we're seeing that happen. We're seeing it spread out from the airports, and we're seeing now more presence on the border. We're seeing more internal checkpoints, which is why I say that it's really only we're uh, just a we're one terrorist attack or one more excuse away from the government having random roadblocks and checkpoints in every city in America, not just the ones that are near the borders, not just these uh, these internal checkpoints, but maybe where you live in the you know the middle of America, they could happen because. What they're doing is they're just wholesale stopping everybody that comes through. They're eyeballing you, and most people they are asking, what's your citizenship? That's what happens when you go through these checkpoints. And I want to play some audio here for you of uh, Terry from CheckpointUSA.org. He's the guy. He's got his, his vehicle is equipped with a camera at all times. In fact, I believe he has multiple cameras in his vehicle, but he's, uh, he's always he always has a camera. So when he comes up to these checkpoints... They actually know who he is because he comes through there with a camera and he does the same thing every single time he comes through. And it will be very eye-opening for you, very educational if you've never heard this audio before. And you can go to CheckpointUSA.org to see more videos of his encounters with the Border Patrol. This is his one of his latest ones, so I'm going to share this with you here. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. What's the purpose of this checkpoint? It's an immigration checkpoint, sir. I don't give you any permission to film me, sir. That's okay. I don't need your permission. No, that's okay. It's the status of the citizenship, sir. Mm-hmm. Am I free to go? No. What country are your citizenship? Am I being detained? All right. Now, are next, you noticing his excellent. technique? Excellent. Are you noticing his technique? He's Which just ones? asking questions. Which one? The, the officer the, guy? The, Terry. Or, or the Terry's. guy in the vehicle. Oh, Terry. This is beautiful. He's Do you see what his technique is, yeah, though? He, he yeah. bats back the questions with more with questions. questions. Am he, I free to go? Right. He right. never, never answers the Border Patrol's question. And so what it really shows you here is that the, uh, the, the federal government is operating in some, what of a, apparently some sort of a constitutional gray zone. Essentially what they're doing is they're, they're, uh, they have a show of force. They've got goons on the side of the road and stop signs. And, you know, people will stop for the police because they don't want to get hurt, right? And so they're doing what they normally do. They're stopping at the stop sign and they're asking this question about citizenship. Now, people... 
because the cops are so authoritative, they're trained to intimidate, and because people have been uh, essentially indoctrinated with the mindset that you must answer the police's questions if they ask you questions, they probably get a 99% response rate when they ask that question. Of course. But when someone like Terry goes through and just bats questions back like, what's the purpose of this checkpoint? Am I being detained? Am I free to go? They keep asking him their question. He keeps asking his questions. It's very rare that either one actually gets an answer out of one and another. That probably unsettles the officer very nicely. But that. what it shows you is that you can get away with challenging the system at this point in the game because they haven't taken Terry out of his truck and beaten him to a pulp. They haven't taken him out. They haven't pulled him to the side. They haven't taken him out and locked him into some sort of detainment facility. Now, to be fair, he isn't a brown person, so that might be a factor here. Let's let's throw that out. But either way, it's interesting, isn't it, that these Cops are being very authoritative, making it seem like you need to answer their questions, that this is part of what's happening in America, we need to check your citizenship, blah 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 but he just bats it right back, and they let him through every single time. So, if we had more people behaving the way Terry is behaving, and questioning their parameters here, questioning the presumptions, and questioning the state agents themselves... That would do a lot to, I think, protect liberty in our lifetime. You know, you need to spread the word, and also you need to express to people, I think many people would wonder why you would want to do that. You know, the, what have you got to hide? Are, exactly. They'll say, well, why, why would you want to do that? We're at war with Islamofascism. We are uh, in danger of terrorist attacks. Well, if you're, you're up, you know, tilting the apple cart. How dare you do this? So it's going to take... A lot of convincing and explaining, and you might have to go into the history of things. How you know the federal government isn't really protecting you; they're not doing yeah. a good job. They're wasting your money, and they're infringing on people's rights. That's why we're questioning these things. And of course, they don't have the right to do it in the first place. Yeah, I've got business to attend to. I've got to get somewhere. I don't have time to sit on the side of the road and banter with some state agent. Let me continue the audio. Here's just a little bit left. Not being detained. I'm not being detained. No, sir. As soon as you answer my question, I let you go. All right. Am I free to go? What country are your citizens, sir? Am I free to go? What country are your citizens, sir? <laughs> Am I free to go? As soon as you answer my question, sir. Am I being detained? Excellent. You're not detained. If I'm not being detained, then that means that I'm free to go. Is that correct? You answer my question and you can leave. What Let me know when I'm free to go. Sir? This Homeland Security agent, uh, Jay Gonzalez, is has refused to let me go, although he has indicated that I'm not being detained. Am I free to go? I just ask you a question. Am I free to go? Agent Gonzalez, am I free to go? You are what country are your citizens? Is that your correct name, Agent Gonzalez? Yes, sir. It is. Okay. Do you have a also do you have a badge number? Yes, sir. What country are your citizens? Do you have a badge number as well? I don't have badge numbers. So uh, homeland security agents don't have badge numbers? Have a good one, sir. Thank you. That's it. He's on his way. So keep that in mind if you come across one of these uh, internal checkpoints, suspicionless checkpoints, where they're just wholesale stopping every single individual that goes through and demanding that they identify their citizenship. You don't have to. You know, the logic of what he was doing with the officer wasn't even apparent to the officer after uh, after repeated repetitions of yeah. the, the iterations of what he was doing. He had to explain to the camera... I'm not being detained, but I'm not free to go. I'm not being detained, yeah. but I'm not free to go. That's a bit of a get conflict. It, buddy? Right. They don't teach them that in the training. 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. There are more videos just like that one with him interacting with various different Border Patrol people with the same techniques. And every time he gets through, takes a little while, but he gets through. More coming up. Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Guard. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free. And if you uh, are enjoying the show, then you can help support Free Talk Live by going and buying some stuff at the store. It's store.freetalklive.com. There's Free Talk Live t-shirts and hats and hoodies and a variety of different colors and shapes and sizes go to store.freetalklive.com and load up your shopping cart and if you're remodeling your kitchen or bathroom you can purchase knobs poles and faucets at wholesale prices and support a business that supports free talk live internobs.com save 10 percent on your order by using the code ftl at checkout that's internobs.com i-n-t-e-r-k-n-o-b-s dot Com, friendly service and wholesale prices for knobs, poles, and more. Internobs.com. We go to Dave in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Dave. Hey, life to the resistance. Hey, what's on your mind tonight, sir? Hey, uh, now I understand how the German people allowed the Nazis to take over. You know, there's like 85% of the nation wants this to happen because they're afraid of the illegal. Mm-hmm. And the same thing... They're afraid of the terrorists that are going to take away all our other rights. And then, uh, what's the other one? Uh, they're afraid the world's going to end because of the temperature change, so they're going to set your therm- ther- thermostat in your house for you, tell you what to gr- grow and eat. And Don't forget the drug this, dealers. You can't forget them. They're corrupting this, everything. This is exactly how th- these people that are, that are so afraid of freedom that they're going to be... Uh, with their head in the ground about what what's happening to them and hiding behind their nas their nationalism mm. and their in uh, America and freedom i I, I want to laugh at them and say you you just as dumb as, as the dumb Nazis people that, yeah it's that really so sad, isn't it Dave I mean it's so sad watching all this happen and and, and they're so afraid of all those things that you mentioned, but yet fear, they're not afraid fear, of the fear. government we're, yeah we're not. <laughs> It's like they burnt down the Reichstag. They blamed it on some uh, terrorist guy, and then the same thing happened. Now, now we got the, these. Uh, we we're supposed to believe because of these uh, 19 guys got together and, and learned how to fly a plane in the summertime and, and hit buildings and stuff. It, it's all crazy, man. And and there's, it ain't gonna be wor- holding up anymore. And then they give us these three idiots to, to run for president. You know, yeah. it, it, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's it really funny. is. And people it's think funny. that they can change it. Uh, people think they can change the system from within the system, and they believe they need the government around, even though many of them may realize that the government, government while they've never had a terrorist... Becoming, they want to become like religion, man. See, that's why Jesus yeah. is so right on, man. He walked in there, kicked them money changers out, says, this is for everybody. You Jews don't got the, the got the monopoly on it. Everybody could have peace, you know, or a love or, or get to God or whatever their happiness is. And the government's trying to take over religion. Now religion's in competition with government. And then then you got everybody mad at the government and religion. And they want us to be at each other's throat. They're pushing us to politically, economically. Yeah. No, we got to do is just don't play their game, man. It's That's exactly people, what we have to do. That's exactly it. One another. It's time to stop obeying. Another. Who Help are these people? Another. And Dave, thank you for the call. I appreciate that. that and I agree completely. Call. Who do these excellent. people think they are anyway? They don't have power. They don't have 
they're not authorities and they aren't my leaders. I don't want them involved in my life. Now, look, if you want to bring them in to tell you what to do, if you feel that's what you need in order to have a safe life and feel good, then go ahead. You can bring someone in and have have them give you orders and tell you how to live your life if you want to. I think that's fine. Under a free market situation, you can choose someone to uh, to make decisions for yeah, you. But sure. I, I, I myself am not interested in that. Well, it's almost like Stockholm Syndrome in a way. It's exactly you know? what it is. I, I, I was thinking about that with David. They're identifying with their captors. Absolutely right. They get us so trained, you know, and and boy, um, I was thinking about how uh, Christians uh, throughout the years, uh, you know, everybody nowadays, the fundamentalist Christians are saying, uh, you know, we need to get back to God and so on and so forth. It's like, well, you are the people who are proposing that we should still hold God above your church for marriage, let's say. Um, uh, do you realize that the more you have people relying on government, the the less you will have people tied to the church? It draws people away. The churches, when they're stronger and you don't have government around, are great places for people to be able to congregate. If they have similar philosophical or religious beliefs, they get mm-hmm. together and they help each other out. They're like civic organizations. You get around the government. And, and why in the world do you want to get government more involved? The more government gets involved the less people are involved in the religious sphere on that end. And then government becomes a religion. And that's exactly what sure. they were saying. It, it is it's a belief, religion. It's a belief system. It is system. a belief system. It's, you don't get results, and they still believe in it. Yeah, it's the most dangerous of all. I mean, I, yeah. I am no fan of organized religion at all. I I, I think that uh, it on its own is, is pretty dangerous. But at least organized religion isn't out there yeah. forcing I, people I'm glad you said that because I'm, not, abide by I'm not a fan of organized religion either. I would, I would never subscribe to any organized church. To be fair, it, though, there are some people within organized religion who would like to seize the reins of power and then import, yeah, enforce and their way on others. But the, but the power is the, is the problem. And I think Dave's on to something there, and it comes back to the, uh, the boogeyman that we were talking about earlier in the show. And the idea here is that, as he's pointing out, all these Americans are so afraid of terrorism, and they're so afraid of uh, you know immigrants. But most Americans haven't had their lives touched by terrorism. Most of them haven't. No, uh, well, certainly well, some indirectly have. we are now. We're being touched by government because of the terrorism right, and but, uh, fears that people have, and they're not even addressing the terrorist problem. Sure, but what but, caused it? But look at this. I mean, the people are so afraid of these things, right? But they've never really encountered them unless they were in New York City Absolutely. and they had some right. family members. They've never encountered terrorism in this country for the most part. And drug dealers aren't doing anything without the consent of others. Right. So I don't really see what the big deal and, is and there. Well, what I mean is we're we're indirectly suffering because. What the government is doing in the so-called response to terrorism, we're all indirectly feeling sure. by lower wages, or at least the, the the increase of our wages is not going up as rapidly as it could. Uh, restrictions on our freedom, just like Dave was yeah. talking about, you know, this this war on immigration, all these things that they're doing are indirect results of them taking advantage of this so-called war on terror. So they never encountered terrorism. They've probably never encountered a drug dealer unless they were choosing to buy his products. And uh, for immigrants, they aren't hurting you out there. They're just going, you know, picking fruit in fields and doing roofing jobs and stuff. So, so what is it that you need to be protected from exactly? It seems to me that the government is the entity that's threatening people. Well, that the know, government is the entity that is putting people in prison cells. We've got the most, the highest rate of incarceration of any of the developed world in this country. Right. 
So the government's a clear threat to freedom and liberty, but yet people, they can't get rid of the idea that they need the government around to protect them from all these things that they've never actually encountered in the first place, where it's a government you encounter every flipping day. Oh, yeah. There's always some new rule or diktat for you to obey and some new tax for you to pay. You know, so who's the enemy here? It's interesting because you just brought to mind something that uh, when I saw Vaclav Klaus down in, down in uh, Washington, he was speaking about Joseph Schumpeter. And jo- Joseph Schumpeter, one of the re- good, really good things this economist said was about creative destruction. Capitalism is a form of creative destruction, which is actually nature. Nature is creative destruction. Out of the destruction of one thing, the carbon molecule, you know, everything goes back together again. Yeah, Yeah, I'll just, I'll finish this up maybe on the next. Creative destruction. We'll do that. Keep talking about that here. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Also, if we get a chance, we'll talk Cuba, and we'll talk to Tim in Wisconsin as well. Your calls coming up here if you make them. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sacral CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Guard. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us, including the updates. Get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, just go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest. It's happening June 9th through the 15th. That's coming up. At Porkfest, you'll be able to learn how Free State Project early movers are already making a difference and You'll see firsthand why New Hampshire is one of the country's best places to live. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. We're going to go to the phones here in a moment, but I wanted to make sure you had a chance to finish your thoughts on uh, the creative destruction yeah, commentary. Yeah, uh, well, you know, I mentioned jo- Joseph Schumpeter, the uh, economist, and, and one of the things that was an insight of uh, Václav Klaus, the president of uh, the Czech Republic, when I was down at this Competitive Enterprise Institute dinner, was awesome. The CI people are great, but... Uh, one of the things that was fascinating was uh, he was talking about creative destruction, and this ties into Dave's call a little bit earlier and, and something Julie and I and, and you and I were speaking about off the air, which is that uh, the people who are, seem to be very averse to immigration, uh, and, and this is one of the most uh, populous things out there, is they're stealing American jobs. They're lowering American wages. Julian Simon did a macro study on this for the Cato Institute years ago and found that they weren't lowering American wages. And the reason they weren't was because... If you can get something for less, that frees up more money to then go into the economy to be invested in new endeavors. And more people are employed, and hence everybody's lives are bettered. Why continue to do things that are very hard to do yourself when somebody else can do them? And I I just wanted to bring back that that island example. If you're one of the guys who's in one of these industries in America, you don't want to lose your job to a foreigner. And it's very difficult for them to see that not only – is everybody else going to be better off if they're not forced to buy your work wages, your labor for more, or the product you're making for more, because they would then have more money left over if they didn't have to buy your wages or buy your work. Um, But you're going to be better off if you're in a different industry, because 
you will be able to shift over and work into something where you're not going to have to toil as much. But people don't like change, Gardner. No, they don't. They want to get one job and keep it for their entire lives, and they feel entitled to it. And that's what you were talking about during the break, Julian. I'd like you to, to comment there, the entitlement this is a great mentality. Insight. Well, I, I'm he of the opinion... He was a manager opinion... experienced this. Right. I'm, I'm of the opinion that government schools are pretty much the cause of all the societal problems that we have. And one of them is, I think that... People, when they go to school, what they teach you in school is there's this path for you, and you really don't want to stray from the path. You go to school, you graduate, you go to college. Or you'll be a failure. <laughs> you go to college, you graduate, then you get a job. And they do not ever emphasize entrepreneurship, uh, finding what you like to do, and then le- figuring out a way to make money at it. They, this is not a subject that is that is talked about at all. So people feel entitled to jobs. They feel like, I got a degree in yeah, this. I went to school. Exactly. So and, this yeah. is my job, and that guy took it from me. And they can't even they can't process making money without having that job. And it's the risk thing that I love. It, the, the point oh. that you bring up about risk, you know, as we were discussing just briefly on the There's the no air, risk on the path. Yeah, having gone through the government school thing, I think even I was indoctrinated a little bit, whereas you guys... Uh, coming in with the Free State Project, I think you can open people's eyes a little better. Taking risks is something that many people who don't finish school, you know, they 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 get out of out of high school or college. That's already a risky thing. Oh my God, that's so different. This and you know, maybe it's a bad decision, maybe it's a good decision, but it's it's their own independent decision. And I think Julia makes an excellent point. When you go through this government school system, the treadmill that brings you to college, that then brings you to a job. I think a lot of people don't understand that you can step out of that and take a risk. And it's just like these guys who are in their jobs. It's almost like an obsessive-compulsive disorder. They don't want to leave their job. They, they, you know, my, my job, they can't see the opportunities that are out there. They don't want the risks to be brought in. There's a compounding factor as well. Not only are people educated to not want to take risk, they're told, well, just get a job. You'll be okay. And they're paycheck you'll make $60,000 a year. You'll pay your taxes mm-hmm. like a good little but person. But the and you... other thing is, and this is also something that's never addressed in government schools, financial irresponsibility, financial intelligence, a severe lack of financial intelligence is a major compounding factor because if you don't feel like you have anything, if if you're somebody like most Americans and you're living paycheck to paycheck, which is sort of how things are out there, right? You're you're not taught financial intelligence. You're not taught saving. You're not taught investing. You're not taught risk-taking. You're not taught entrepreneurship, as, as Julia was pointing out. In addition, because of all those factors, you don't know how to handle your money. You don't even know the basics. These people don't even know the basics of how to handle money, how to take 10% of the, their paycheck and every week, no, no matter what, squirrel it away into savings, how to take 20% and pay down whatever debt they might have. I mean, this, right. this is basic, easy-to-understand stuff, but most Americans don't even have a grasp on it, and it's evidenced by the fact that we have such a debt problem in this country and that people are living paycheck to paycheck. So even if somebody got the idea into their head that, yeah, I'd like to own my own store, or I'd like to run my own business, or I'd like to do blah 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 that's different from the path, then they look at their finances and they say, well, how can I run my own store? I don't have enough money to pay my rent this month. I, Excellent. I've got to keep yeah. working. 
And so they stay in the rat race and they never break out of it because they don't feel like they can they because they can't risk. They can't they don't fisc- know. they fiscally don't feel as though they can take the risk because they don't feel like they could break away from that situation where they've you got know, that paycheck. It's interesting. In. I, you know, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna get too philosophical, uh, but I did want to mention, and I know we have some some folks waiting online, but uh, I, I just wanted to say that in a way, if you go all the way back to the very you know fundamental concept in economics of the division of labor. The division accepting the division of labor, which is a natural organic outgrowth of Thank human nature. Yeah. Can you imagine if we didn't accept our human nature to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to do what I really am good at while I'm going to allow somebody else to do what he's really good at and he's better at it than I am. So I'm going to I'm going to consume what he has. I'm going to be get into a marketplace with him and give him what I can do. And, and you know, if we were competing, he would beat me. So I'll go do something else mm. because I'm going to be really good at that. What's interesting is if we were to resist that, we would never, ever have gotten any human progress at all. No, we'd all still be planting our own food and hunting our own animals and building our own houses. And, and in a way, be the anti-immigration people are averse to this very factor of human nature. They don't want the division of labor. They don't want that. On a macro level, they don't want people to be able to do what it's they do such best. Ignorance, it really is. They're punishing themselves, and they don't even realize it. Let's go to your phone calls. Tim's on the line in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live, Tim. Hi. Um, Hello, Tim. After after um, hearing more on this program about the Free State Project, and and then clicking that thing on your website to read more about it, and you know, couldn't help you know starting to feel that you know being something you know that. You know, that I'm starting to feel like you know, needing to do. Um, the, the only thing I could help, you know, feeling like seeing being a problem is, um, well, I, unless I could find someone, you know, to help me, that 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 help me move there, I would have to otherwise, you know, wait till I started receiving the checks in that business opportunity I, that I told you about last time. You know, last time I called. I don't recall exactly what you're referencing. Um, just just saying about how you know I could not feel the Free State Project, you know, being something that I really you know could not feel like like needing to do, you know, also myself after hearing more about on this program and reading more about it. Well, just get on up here. There are lots of jobs you can um, start working. What are you concerned? You said you're concerned with moving. Are you you need someone to help you unload your truck? If that's the case, then that happens every single time when someone well, comes here. It'd be because of still not, you know, having, uh, you know, more vehicle transportation of my own and, you know, stuff like that. That, you know, I. You know, Can I'd you get a Greyhound ticket? I mean, there are ways to to travel without actually having a, a your own car. Uh, yeah, I, I know, like, like Greyhounds, um, but that's that's something that I would have to, you know, wait till I, you know, start receiving the checks and that. In that business opportunity I told you about last time. Do what you got to do, man. No, I mean, afford it. yeah. I mean, if you can't afford to go, then you can't afford to go. But if it's if it's something that's exciting to you and something that's attractive, then make it a priority and focus on what it'll take to make it happen. Have and a you'll fundraiser. get there. Yeah, you'll get there. And if you need some help uh, moving in, then post over at nhfree.com. And thank you for the call, sir. 800-259-9231. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number. We'll try to sneak in here in these remaining moments, 
9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Guard. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Features there are free, so enjoy those on us at freetalklive.com. Com. Uh, we'll have to talk about the Cuba thing tomorrow night because there's just not going to be enough time to get to it. The phones are loaded up, but Gardner Goldsmith will be rejoining us for the live Saturday yeah. edition. And so we'll talk about what's happening in Cuba where Fidel is gone. And as a result of that, apparently Raul has been loosening up on the controls. That's and it's cool. interesting. It'll be interesting to see exactly what just a little bit more freedom can do for people. Nice. Uh, but first, we go to your phone calls and we talk to John in Salem, New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, John. Hi, guys. Hey, hey what's John. on your mind? Hey, uh, I, I'm listening to you guys talking about uh, how people are afraid of terrorists and drug dealers and that so, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're just on the border of what's actually happening. Um, you guys are very, very close. What's really happening, and the best way to illustrate this is, I guess, what one president once said, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. We now have an entire United States government, from the schools to the cops to the bureaucrats, to the president, to the Congress, to the judges, and everybody in between who insists every single day of our lives that we must wake up in the morning in fear of our neighbors and everybody around us on the block, down the street, and internationally. We must live in fear constantly is the message we're getting from the United States government. I think that what people are truly afraid of I don't think it's the terrorists and the drug dealers. I think that people inherently know that that's not really quite what the issue is. I think what they're afraid most of is to to stand up and say, I am not afraid. I am Mm. not afraid of those people. I'm afraid of you, the people with the guns and the badges and the bars to put me behind. Well, we know that's true. Stand on my own two feet and say, I've had enough of your nonsense. Well, for those people that do realize the government is a problem, that is absolutely true. There are many people that just don't realize it, that they believe the government's good and the government's helpful. But for those that do realize, that have come at least as far to understand that the government is dangerous and the government is uh, the, one of the things that creates many of the problems in the, in the world, uh, in this country, they are absolutely afraid of standing up and refusing to participate because, and it's really a statement about how Awful things are. The idea that people are so frightened it really says that, wow, we really must have quite a gang of uh, government goons that, that people are, are, sca- are scared of. I mean, the, the idea that you're afraid to, to not pay taxes because you might have your house stolen from you or you might have your children stolen from you or you might have your life taken from you. That's pretty serious indictment of exactly how unfree this country really is. You're absolutely right. And, and the issue where people uh, constantly refer to taxes as my taxes and that sort of stuff, it's partly brainwashing. It's partly also that they don't dare say, I, I'm going to stand up to this government. I'm going to say no. And I think that people have this inherent, you know, deep down inside, but it's, but it's been beaten and kicked and raped by this government for so long. But I think that there's this little fire that can never go out, this little spark inside. And, and a show like yours, and, and, and you three people that are sitting there tonight, and, and everybody that's sitting around the nation and around the world hearing this, it's that spark that, that will not go out. And just talking about it and educating people, just you know, lightly, lightly fan that flame. Just fan it a little more. And then, and then as things go, we'll fan it a little more. And the fan of the light of freedom can continue. It will not go out. 
We just need to keep fanning that freedom and tell people, don't be afraid. I just had a situation, a guy that I don't see very often, uh, haven't spoken to him for about a year. He sees that I've moved a little further towards uh, a free market, a little further from a menarchist towards the uh, free market. And he, he's noticing that, and and he's he's just amazed. And, and, and you know what? It, it's just lightly fan the flame a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I don't know how long it's going to take, John, but I agree that that's a good process to keep communicating, fan that flame, uh, culture that spark a little bit to where eventually it will turn into a huge blaze of freedom. And I, th- I don't know how long it's going to take, but I think the more we see people resisting, and the more we see people non-cooperating and, and being non-violent and seeing more civil disobedience and refusal to participate in the system, the more that that happens, the more it will encourage others to do so, the more they will become emboldened, the more people will be paying attention, the more they will become emboldened, and it could really reach a critical mass uh, as far as – and I don't mean – when I say critical mass, I don't mean of the total population. I just mean of enough people to actually make a difference. Yeah. It could reach a critical mass much faster than we think it might take. Some people think that we're not going to achieve liberty in our lifetime, but I think that if enough people non-cooperate, if enough people non-cooperate, it's over for the state. I think – Ian, I think that we're on the way to doing it, and, yeah. and you know, I, I didn't think of this term, and I don't usually – usually think in this term, this type of term, but it's kind of the light on the hill. It's, it's what New Hampshire is going to do. It's going to be the light on, the light on the hill that people are going to see. Once, once that flame, you know, it's maybe a candle or it may be a little campfire right now, and it may be, may be a bonfire, you know, in a year. And at some point, that, that light from that fire, is, that fire of freedom is going to shine, and people are going to see it from further and further distances. Sounds good to me, and John. They, and whether they move towards where the freedom is or they decide to, to to take that take that flame and, and light light the fire of freedom right where they are. It can only all be good as long as we yep. keep communicating and educating. I like that vision, John. Thank you for calling tonight and sharing it with us. We appreciate Have it. A great Eight, yes, sir. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I gotta agree. That was great. I think that people naturally want to be free. They, uh, the people have a problem. It's just the neighbors. They don't yeah, want them exactly. to be Yeah, exactly. They don't think that they have the ability to be as responsible as the rest of us. That's the key thing. But, you know, anytime I'm on the radio, almost any time I'm on the radio, I don't talk about how the government wants to do this to me or do the, you know, take my money. I always try to stress you. that they want to do it to my neighbor. Yeah. Because uh, that's what really right. gets me is I, I wouldn't do this to my neighbor. Nope, But I don't. the politicians would. And, um... You know, and I love that positive attitude. I, I think, you know, like we were talking about the division of labor, whatever it, whatever it is, whatever you feel comfortable with and, and good at doing, uh, just don't hold back on it and don't get discouraged, especially if you can come to New Hampshire and you can be around other people and you go to these gatherings, you know, like Porkfest coming up mm. or the Liberty, the Liberty There'll be Farm. hundreds of people there. It's like wild. It's so cool. and Lots of ideas being thrown yeah, around, brainstorming, yeah. business mm-hmm. opportunities. Yeah, and, and what, I, what I really love is especially um, libertarians who are in some, some higher profile uh, positions in business and things like that coming out and and saying that they believe in freedom like jason osborne from jason Sickle osborne CIA. is exactly the man i'm thinking about he and his dad are just amazing can you imagine guys. if we had five jason osborne's as far as people oh, with that kind of money holy. that can i mean jason is were devoted to what they're you know put yeah in. and there's some guys on the west coast that do a lot with the reason foundation and independent institute and you got the Koch brothers and you know they do good yeah, but that's work all think stuff. tank stuff it's think tank stuff i'm and, talking about you know, we're talking about place. boots on the ground boots I mean, on the ground the stuff, think tanks, I, like I, I agree they have their place they've yep. come up with the ideas and now we're spreading 
spreading those ideas. And yeah, the think tanks, you know, sure, they're going to still be around and everything, but now it's the time for action, and that's not what those guys do. Let's continue. George is on the line in Montana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, George. George. Yes, I'd like to talk about the uh, uh, checkpoints that you alluded to earlier. Yes, sir. Internal checkpoints Uh, here in America. Yes. I think one of the ways, I mean, there's probably a myriad of ways we can uh, check these is to... um, uh, a tactic I used is to uh, stand out in front of their checkpoints with a sign announcing that there is a checkpoint ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. They don't like that I, very much. I, I used it, and I turned probably 50 people around, and it was the Montana Highway Patrol that was doing this. They try to uh, stop but, you? Uh, people were waving and thanking me for I bet they were. the heads up. Did they try to stop you? Uh, they came by. They tried to intimidate me a little bit with the sirens and the flashing lights, but uh, I stood there with my. Uh, I had a sign that said "Nazi checkpoint ahead." Nice, <laughs> nice. That's awesome. And you should be congratulated for that, yeah. especially you did it by yourself. Yes, and then I had an American flag flying upside down. Awesome. Signal of distress. violation of the Fourth Amendment. That's an incredible uh, activism job you did there, especially all alone. Now, imagine being able to go out there with five people, and you'll have, you know, two people with video cameras, two people holding signs for both directions. I mean, really, increasing the activism level quotient can really uh, make that even more effective. A great example, and thank you for the call, George. We appreciate it. I just wanted to point out, first of all, that this guy is awesome. And one of my favorite callers on Free Talk Live was about two years ago. I think maybe he was 13. He was a very young yeah, teenage boy. This. And he noticed that there was a cop hiding, uh, waiting for speeding to give people speeding tickets. And he went several days after school and held up a sign that said, you know, there's a cop or pointing speed to him, or speed yeah. trap, something like that. And the cop actually went to his school and threatened to call his parents and get him in suspended and, and all this stuff over it. But that kid is my hero. Sure. And so is that man. So brave. And just a handful more activists could really tip the scales there where the cops wouldn't be able to intimidate anybody. Really great. It has been Ian here with you. And Julia. And Gard. Apologies to Mick in Pennsylvania. Call back tomorrow. We'll get you on the air right quick uh, at the top of the show. And uh, we will be here tomorrow for the live Saturday edition. Gardner and myself. We'll talk to you then and online in the meantime at Free talklive.com dvd books music instruments periodicals computers software electronic photo cell phone office product home and garden bed and bath furniture kitchen pet supply automotive hardware apparel shoes jewelry grocery healthcare, sports and outdoors toys games used and more it's a department store at your fingertips amazon.freetalklive.com get all your shopping done a great deal delivery to your door and a percentage of your purchase will go to free talk live when you enter amazon through amazon.freetalklive.com 